0: Dear friends, Sitting down to write the script for this podcast, I'm a week away from the first cinema screening of my documentary, The Isolation Diaries. By the time you hear this, it will be 12 hours until the lights in Il Kino fade and the first scene emerges out of the darkness. I still have so much to do on the film, and logically it makes no sense that I'm trying to keep up with my podcast schedule. But I want to do so for three reasons. First, I'm in a deeply pressurized state this week. I want to lean into this because I believe there will be insights which emerge from sharing my process as it unfolds. I hope these might be useful for any of you who are trying to complete projects or for that matter, are at the start of one. The second reason is that the podcast is an opportunity to speak with you in greater depth about both the creative process and the thinking behind my release plans. For those of you who are working hard to move creative projects forward or to launch your own products or businesses, I hope that you might find some fresh ideas and inspiration in my own journey. Oh, and for that matter, there are many new ways I am reinterpreting how I approach the release of a creative project in light of the advice of the experts I have spoken to on this podcast. More on that later and in future episodes though. The third reason to keep up with the podcast schedule is that I am enjoying challenging the notion of what a podcast should be. As you will have heard in my first two solo episodes, I am introducing music and sound effects and trying to develop a creative approach. Today I will continue this experimentation and drop a few audio segments from the documentary itself in. It'll be a patchwork episode, but I think a lot of fun. Oh, and beware, the audio is windy at times, as much of the film was filmed during a particularly stormy Scottish winter.
1: So there's a storm coming in, and I managed to find this relatively secluded place to try and ride it out. I'm really so motivated just about the cold and the wind and the rain and trying to embrace the elements. I just thought I've got to go out and enjoy it for a few minutes before the kind of hell comes down. We're all in preparation for whatever's coming in off the Atlantic. One must never forget that one's life is in one's own hands despite the circumstances there is always that inner power, that inner energy that vitality to call upon to go back into the fight once again there is always this case and this potential for renewal and I don't know why but in the west it's as if sometimes we forget about this potential that we can grow inside ourselves our growth does not end At the point of our maturity as physical beings, our growth begins at that point. That's when we get started. That's when we become like the river, just sussling out. It's one life, it's one chance. And if anyone or anything has made you feel like you can't approach it or face it, or that your story's over here, they can think again. Because the journey begins at this point, when we choose to live. Keep in there brothers and sisters! Keep in there!
0: Someone asked me yesterday, what's the film about? Well, the most challenging aspect of the documentary was that I never intended to shoot one. The creative process was totally different to the first five documentaries I've shot, all of which had a clear mission before filming began. For example, the white arrow maps the tale of a musician crossing the breadth of Russia on the Trans-Siberian Express. The March of Hope explores the lives of refugees arriving in a divided Europe. A Conversation with America investigates the rise of populism in the US during the rise of Trump and the earthquake of the 2016 election. The Isolation Diaries, on the other hand, never intended to exist. And I really mean that. The one thing I never intended to do was to make a documentary. Why? Well, first, the pandemic raised so many questions in me about modern life. In a technologically obsessed and success-driven world, where was the space for the human spirit? The question of being versus doing dominated my mind during lockdown. My life in the creative arts had always been a struggle, and like so many others, I'd compensated by fighting. But fighting means so often keeping oneself busy in order to keep moving forward. I'd enjoyed the challenge of life and the arts, but the openness of spirit which led to it had been replaced by the unwieldy ethos of work, work, work. When the pandemic hit, I was six months in from a devastating breakup, and in the isolation of the first lockdown, I felt like I'd returned to zero. Somehow, the outer trauma of society mirrored my inner trauma, and though my attitude to pain had always been to fight my way through it, I realised there was no healing except the courage to be inside the pain itself. Simply put, the way out of the pain was only to go through the pain. It was during this time that I started writing the songs and diaries which formed the basis of the isolation diaries however when the world opened up the strangest thing happened i wanted no returning to normal i wanted no return at all and more so i wasn't sure what it was i would return to even if i did want to my only certainty was the need to delve deeper into mortality suffering love and being questions awakened by the pandemic I knew that this meant trying to return to the thing itself, known variously as the Godhead, Tao, Logos, Brahman, the True Self or Atman. And it meant throwing out the modern separator tools, whether it's the phone or Netflix or a damn video camera for that matter. I bought my campervan, Donna, and set out deeper into isolation. But the more I immerse myself in the experience, the more I move beyond my own personal pain and into a deeper, more profound connection and exchange with life than I'd ever known before. The strange thing is that within that process, I opened up a huge space inside myself, as if mirroring the vastness I witnessed outside, whether in the Alps, Meteora, or the Scottish wilderness. In this space, I started experiencing the deepest conversation with life that I'd ever known. At some point, I realized that part of my own journey was to express that inner conversation in some type of artistic form. The Isolation Diaries is the expression of that conversation. It's a man trying to map out, record and express an unfolding spiritual journey in real time. The documentary has been so hard to edit because this story is not about the arrival somewhere, it's about the journey of getting there. So it means there's a lot of scratching around, looking for answers and pursuing that meaning. The film is not about a journey upwards to a greater oneness, but rather maps the process of being broken down into a version beyond oneself. Carl Jung introduced the idea of the collective unconscious, the idea that there is a universal realm of archetypes, imagery and symbols which connect all human beings. But how can we access this? It seemed the modern world was designed to look everywhere but at what truly deepens our understanding of existence, life and one another. I wanted to take an axe to my own conscious self and mine into the room in the basement of my being. Or rather, I felt so broken that I didn't have a choice. If there was a path to heaven, I knew it could only be reached by travelling through Hades itself. I know that it sounds absurd to talk about these things in our increasingly pragmatic world. Yet at some stage, we have to make a stand for our spiritual life. And maybe, just maybe, to do that means that we have to have the courage to enter the theatre of the absurd. One of my favourite quotations by Dostoevsky is, Sometimes a man must be willing to become a clown so that the great idea may not die. Yet one has to ask oneself, What is the great idea? Well, with the isolation diaries, I wanted to commit to finding out. And so, for all its flaws, that is what the film is about. As I edit this documentary, I notice a shape emerge. Out of devastation and love, and the isolation of the pandemic, I felt the calling of nature, I'd lived my whole adult life in cities and yet as new questions emerged I find no answer in my present circumstances. What I know now is that a voice emerged which said that there was somewhere I needed to go and something I needed to find. I knew it was contrary to the pragmatic decisions I should take in trying to rebuild my life. Yet by the time I arrived at Mont Blanc, something had shifted in me. In place of despair, hope emerged. It was not about a specific want from the world, but an optimism born out of my exchange with life. In place of resisting my circumstances, I had found acceptance, and within this acceptance I thought of Viktor Frankl's words, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to find one's way. On Mont Blanc, I felt the seedlings of renewal in myself, as if for the first time I was finding my way. When I started writing the isolation diaries during the pandemic, I had no idea that the project would expand to such a degree that it would outlast the pandemic itself. In all honesty, it's something that I've wrestled with greatly. Why on earth would I stay so committed to a project which shadows a time that the rest of the world has been so quick to flee? The reality is that the pandemic raised questions we've been quick to forget. There was a short time before we knew what this virus really was and when there was a genuine sense of terror. That terror meant we had to confront mortality and the questions it raises. What should we do with our lives? Is there a dream we've repressed? Are we making the best of the time we have? How much, for that matter, do we have left? Maybe it was due to my own painful circumstances in the build-up to the pandemic, but some things once seen we can't unsee. I realized that if I was ever going to have a time in my life when I dedicated myself to my spiritual search, it must be now. It was for this reason that I answered the call of two dreams I'd set aside 20 years earlier. First, I bought my camper van, Donna. And second, I started writing.
1: Good morning everyone, I wanted to give you a quick tour of Donna. So coffee's outside today. I'll always have two versions of my desk. So one is dedicated to writing, thinking, ideas, reading, and I'll never have my computer out then. And then the other one,
0: editing, really just focusing on the video side and developing visual language for the project and so on. I try to keep emailing and this type of thing down to an absolute minimum.
1: Every morning, need a nice strong coffee to kick off the day. It was a disaster when the gas was out today. Over here, cooking area where I fire up my coffee, make some pretty cool grub at the
0: moment though. No gas, so I'm just gonna be snacking. I think that every single form of the arts is about connecting the mind and the heart. And for me, the ideas uh, are the center of it. And if you go into words, into language, connect your mind to what's going on around you, to people, to thoughts, to instincts, to something that's troubling you, it will always provoke uh, a response on an artistic level. A paradox with the project was that I decided to throw out a time frame. No deadlines, no rush, no expectation. In our turbocharged world, the very idea seems revolutionary. If you scroll through Twitter for a second, you'll be bombarded with platitudes shouting at you to set deadlines, or flick on YouTube, and you're assaulted by hustle culture screaming at you to get back to work, to go and be a beast, or to grind it out. I've never much liked being told what to do, so I decided to go in the opposite direction of the rest of the world and its need to continually shout at one another. Everything in this project comes out of the decision not to rush. It's changed my perception of time and it's changed my understanding of creativity. Since the project began, there's been 4 years, 1 pandemic, 1,500 diary entries, 7 countries, two heartbreaks, one Scottish winter, three hurricanes, 26 songs, one camper van, zero investment, and one film. We're throwing out a time frame. There has been a blessing and there has been a curse. The blessing has been that the creative work is entirely unforced. I wrote because I needed to write, and the songs arrived at critical moments like signposts. It means that the project has been born from an experience of that rarest thing, air. The byproduct is that I've not worked within my own time frame but that of the project itself. Its unfolding nature has made the isolation diaries far vaster in scope than I ever intended. It just goes to show that it's our projects that are in charge of us and not the other way round. Yes, we can force things, but given the sheer amount of junk released every day, one should really ask, at what cost? This is less often considered nowadays, that a deadline, while a form of progress, also leaves something behind too. One of my great lessons from the project is that a different type of magic exists when we have the courage to give ourselves time. All this said, though, recently, I've become tormented by the project. I realised that it was ever-expanding, just at the point when I felt ready to move on to the next stage of my life. It was for this reason that I placed the hard deadline for tonight's screening on myself. Suddenly, from feeling inside time and using it as the greatest asset of the project, I felt my future self constricted by it. This came with danger. Now, I've written about Albatross projects on my substack, those never-ending projects which become so vast or heavy we never manage to finish them. I realised that isolation diaries face this perilous fate. So, since one of my guiding principles in life is not to hoard stuff, it was time to get the project over the line. This is where I now find myself in the creative hellfire of trying to complete the three pillars of the project – The first is tonight's documentary. The second is to complete the artwork for the vinyl and send it to the pressing plant. The third is to work out what to do with the diary entries themselves. It may be that they are just too personal to ever release, but either way, it's time to make a decision. Nearly the
1: snow. That would be a magical thing just to get to its threshold. So made it up here to the crest of the snow line. Fell a little bit through the threshold, went a bit further than I was intending to go. But uh, just felt something very releasing to be up here on the, the crest of the snow. The snow is actually beginning to come down and just kind of giving my spirit back to these mountains for a few minutes. 7k back, so hoping this uh, fog doesn't get too serious. The moment just has this beautiful sun glaring through it, and it's just illuminating
0: everything in this majestic, strange light like out of another world. So, guys, it's now Wednesday of release week, and I'm wrestling every day to get the film over the line. On Monday, I titled the film that is, song titles, credits, and geographical notes. On Tuesday, I went into full beast mode and subtitled the whole damn film between 7am and 12pm. As you know from this podcast, I have deep reservations about grind culture. Having said that though, there are times when we need to get our projects over the line and that means doing what we need to do. Anyone who's subtitled a feature film knows what a thankless task it is. It usually takes at least a week, but motivated by Saturday's release and, well, the fear of the deadline, I went into hyper-concentrated mode and nailed it in a day. One of the most useful things about making yourself accountable to a public audience is that it crushes your resistance. It's very interesting the effects that this has on the mind. The reality of any project is that we always avoid doing the most tedious tasks. The great thing about a horror deadline, though, is how it concentrates the mind. The strange thing is I've saved myself a week of work by setting this deadline Without it, I would have subtitled the film in a spirit of resistance. Instead, I've cracked it in a 17-hour blitz. I tell you, even if no one comes down to the screening tonight, at least I will have got the damn subtitles done and saved myself a week of my life in the process. Another boon from the pressure of deadlines is in the mind shift I feel with regard to problems as they come up. It's so very easy with our projects to react emotionally to problems. But as we all know, the reality of life is that problems do come up. With the deadline, I simply have no time to respond emotionally to these problems. Instead, they're just a part of my workflow. So whenever one comes up, my thought is only, how do I fix this in the most efficient manner? It's been interesting noticing the shift in my own mindset as a result of the deadline. I'm reasonably robust when it comes to managing my creative path, but I'm definitely noticing a different sturdiness in my mental attitude since getting the cinema date in the diary. I'm considering adopting this mindset for 2024 and to share a thought from Alex Hamosi. I watched a great presentation he made on YouTube about his attitude to podcasting and YouTube. In it, he said, you need to be able to do the doing without seeing the result of the doing. In a world that treasures the fast fix, I think that this is a great mantra for the year ahead. You have to remember that the positive action you make has an effect, no matter how small. The only question really is if you have the courage to make these small steps over and over. Most of us get derailed because we lose faith that these small steps will ever lead to our destination. I think it's helpful to think of this invisible effort instead as a portfolio of your spirit. Keep filling it up. Remember that no matter how hard you find it, you are investing in yourself. Don't get derailed by the invisible. If there's one thing I've learned from the creative process while working on the isolation diaries, it is that life is a desperate act of faith. So much of the time, we're putting ourselves through an inquisition of the spirit, questioning if what we are doing will ever damn well show up as a reward. But all our work compounds. It's just that the compounding doesn't manifest in a way we can quantify metrically in real time. This is the reason why so many of us give up on our dreams. Because in an agnostic, metrically driven world, we've lost sight that our forward momentum is very hard to measure in the course of a day. But stick to the path as a spiritual commitment over a long period and life finds a way to move you forward. Funnily enough, I've had this already in miniature with this podcast. In November, the downloads quadruple out of the blue and we charted in the Apple podcast charts in Germany and even went top 100 in South Africa. Now on the surface, it would be possible to say, hey Jim, you've just got really lucky with a podcast that's only on episode 12. But what that person wouldn't see is that I'm 20 years into a journey which has built this foundation. Every gig where I stood at the merchandise stall till the last person left the building, every documentary journey, wondering why I had arrived in a place that the world had forgotten even existed, contributed. It's our unseen actions made with nothing but the faith that we will put the best of ourselves into the world. It is these actions which compose our story and which at the last drive our life forward. As Homozi said, you need to be able to do the doing without seeing the result of the doing. It's so liberating just to feel that utter sort of acceptance, that participation, that sense of being a part. I will live as an artist. It's been so
1: many years just to fight for it. Sometimes you don't know where to go to next, or where the next paycheck's coming
0: from, or this is where I am. This is how it will be for me, irrespective of the consequences. And I will carry on on that path. And it's as if it comes from the wind. I will continue upon my path, upon my journey, upon my life, upon whatever it is that I feel inside this calling that I have, irrespective of what bridges I fall from or what cliffs I have to jump off. And it's I want to finish the podcast by exploring some of the release ideas I'm considering. This is all very early days, but I want to share it in case it helps, inspires, or gives food for thought to any of you toying with how to release something. So with the documentary, tonight's screening has been about setting a hard deadline to finish it. I've had a lot of support online as I've worked on the Isolation Diaries. And this has been in part because I've been exploring both its philosophical questions and creative process in public. It's also been very helpful to test ideas. And I've treated my Instagram as a type of online magazine, documenting the challenges I've faced and the discoveries I've made along the way. Some of the reels I've created even became prototypes of the documentary itself. One, hit a million plays. And though it's fun when something goes viral, more importantly, it shows me what's resonating. So for 2024, I want to encourage all you artists and creators out there who are wrestling with the role of social media in your professional life to work on a mind shift. With regard to social media, stop thinking of it as social media. Instead, document your journey. One of the problems blocking you is that you want perfection in your posts. But your posts are not the artwork itself, they are your online sketchbook, your fanzine. Use social media instead as something where you curate and test your ideas. It's not about posting the Mona Lisa, it's about posting what you're going through while you paint her. I know that it seems daunting, especially to put yourself on the line an unexpected kickback I've had from returning to social media during the isolation diaries has been learning that the braver I am about sharing my struggles, the more the interest in the project has grown. The result of this is that I've made a much more personal and daring film. In all honesty, it gives me butterflies as I write this because the documentary explores a human being in a deeply vulnerable, changing, and transformative state. But I've been able to take the step to do this because of the support I've received. I feel like I've got your backing. In a world where we're taught to project success and our indestructibility, it transpires that people are after something our technologically driven society too often forgets. To be human and then sometimes it 's just as simple as feeling feeling lonely, sort of wondering what the people you love might be doing, or you know questioning the choice that after so much isolation, why did you have to go deeper into it? so guys that 's the end of the podcast for this week and I just want to say, just riffing this here at the end, it's been such a challenging and difficult week. I've just been locked into 17 hour days, day after day. And it's just been really about shifting and digging into the deepest part of your spirit, getting something over the line. And, you know, there are just times when we have to go into that other part of ourselves. And it's really something to just to reconnect with that muscle that we have inside ourselves and you know I know that every project doesn't matter whether it's your creative project your business your product whatever it is It's always painful getting stuff over the line. This is something that I've thought about over and over. It's it's easy to start stuff and it's so damn hard to finish stuff. And the reason why it's hard to finish stuff is because of this very state that I'm in at the moment. And the reason that we avoid it is because it's not easy. And honestly, I'm struggling like hell. Why? While I try to get this film over. It's now Friday night. The film is rendering, it's still got an hour to go and I'm just squeezing the documentary in at the last while I try to get it rendered. And I've got to then go to the cinema and drop the the film off. It's the ninth master version of the film. And the the thing is, is that every time you render the documentary, it's six hours before the film completes itself. So there's this point that comes when you're just out of control because every time you're trying to make that master version, you've got to wait six hours, you're you're, you're powerless and you're just waiting to watch it yet again and see if there's another glitch or problem or mistake or whatever it is. And at some point you've got to let it go. And I know that, but you still are trying to represent the best of yourself artistically, you know, so it's not about perfection. There's that quotation done is better than perfect but you're also trying to represent both the best of yourself and your ideas to your audience. So you're always negotiating with that compromise between done and perfect. And you know, it's, it's after all this time, you just want to represent the ideas as best you can to the highest ability. So I've gone into a you know, pretty wild state this week and uh, you know, I'm a little bit mad at the moment, I tell you, and you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes our projects take too much for us. And that's the paradox, that's the Faustian bargain because you go through those thresholds to learn something new about yourself. You become something new during their making. But while it makes you something new of you, it gives you something, but it also takes something away from you. And it can be very, very edgy. And it can put you into wild states and wild emotional, emotional, far out states and you get to that point where it's like, is this good for me? Is this good for me where I'm at? Why am I pushing it to the edge again? Why? And so I'm right in that space at the moment, guys. And and sometimes that's what it takes to get something over the line, but always beware the cost. Always beware the cost. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in that state where tomorrow releasing this film and I'm, I'm still unsure whether there's damn well going to be a film. In my mind, I can see it. I believe I'm going to get over the line. That's my dream. But the fact is you may well not get there. But damn hell, what is living? It's to know you've put every part of your being into the, the will to create the dream of creation to make something that represents more than the fragmentation of what your being so often is that's what the promise of creativity is that for all the things that you feel and the pain that you go through and the transformation and the obstacles and the going in the wrong direction and the, 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 the way that you're broken down and the way that you're built up the project is a opportunity to represent how you see the world as inner oneness it's not the thing itself but it's a representation of it and it is worth fighting for and even though it's difficult it's worth it so keep in the fight I just want you to know that I believe in you your support means the world as I am in this state at the end of the isolation the paradox of it was the reward of sharing again of learning that life is reconnecting and each and every one of you in your struggle let's stay in this together tell me what it is you're going through drop a line drop a comment you know let's let's have a conversation because that is what this life is about So remember, keep on with your projects, but don't get yourself too isolated. Keep reaching out, because damn hell, you've all kept me going. And I thank each and every one of you. I can't wait to see you all. I hope tomorrow night, those of you that can make it, and for the rest of you, thank you. Much love. I'm going to go and see if I've got a filter screen. Bye-bye.